Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to Podcast 32. This is the St. Louis Realtor Podcast live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. Today's April 11th, 2017. Like always, it's going to be a great show. We've got some good guests. Um, some amazing things have been happening at Herman London lately. And we had an awesome meeting today. We talked about listing property tips. We talked about avoiding problems when working with buyers. We talked about the low inventory. Side note, there's still really low inventory in St. Louis, meaning there's nowhere near as many homes to sell or there as buyers. So if you're a buyer, you're having a tough time finding a house. And if you do find one, there's probably multiple offers. And if you're a seller... You are listing your property and probably getting a great price for it, or you're one of the frustrated sellers in an area that's still not selling for some reason, and you're wondering why you're not getting more for your house. But uh, the Herman London Group is doing pretty good. Our goal is to sell $50 million in real estate this year, and we're going to need all of our agents to pitch in and sell more homes if we're going to be able to get there. And we need some more realtors to come and work at the company, too. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking about Herman London, give us a call and have a meeting, and we'll tell you what we're all about. We've got some great programs we've been working on and some good events and stuff like that. Speaking of events, thank you to everyone listening who came out to our company's first annual Easter egg hunt this year. It was a great success. We had it at the Deer Creek Park here in Maplewood, and we had tons and tons of kids, and we had to go and get more eggs. We had to rush and get more eggs right before the event. Because more kids showed up than what we thought. But it was nice. It was a really good uh, day for it. The weather was great. And so thanks again to everyone who came out. Um, It's one of our few events that we invite past clients and that kind of stuff too. So normally our events are just for the agents and their significant others. So it it was really nice to see past clients and that kind of thing there. Let's see. We have a few agents looking for someone to join their team. Uh, meaning realtors to join their team, especially there's a couple who are looking to find someone who wants to deal with leasing clients. And ideally that realtor would be someone who'd be willing to deal with leasing clients for at least a year. Um, they would, they probably are, my assumption is that they're probably somewhere right now wishing they had more business, wondering why their phone's not ringing. And if they would come and join the agent team, then they could be running around crazy all day showing tenants properties all over the place. So if you're a realtor and you're looking for some more business and kind of it's a great way to build your database, a lot of those leasing clients will end up buying property. So uh, give us a call. And then lastly, we are I'm excited because I have a new real estate intern starting. He contacted me. He's at Mizzou right now and he wanted a summer internship. So we've met and we've talked a few times and uh, our guest is going to be excited too once he hears about this because I'm going to have this intern do a bunch of different stuff make it a really awesome internship for him. But one of those things is looking into buying LRA property and CDA property from the city, buying uh, how to find more condemned properties and tax sale properties. Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) Because my guest here, Brian Clarich, (laughs) and I are wanting to buy more of these kind of properties. So welcome, Brian Clarich, real estate expert and world-renowned. Did I say Claridge right? Like Claridge I've always is correct. Said it. Croatian oh, name, God. yes, yes, sir. It's Croatian. Croatian, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So I'd like to let you introduce yourself a little bit, but first I was going to list off a few things that I know about you. Sure. On your resume that I know of is that you own a company called AB Rents, 
AB Acquisitions, yes. Uh-huh. AB Acquisitions, which has a division called AB Rents? It did. Yeah, it did. It did. Well, we've, we've combined that into the property management company now. But yes, at one time, we did just provided leasing services, and AB Acquisitions still provides quality contracting services. Okay. Uh, is that That's the company that does the big construction projects that for is. other people? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Then you also are a co-owner of this amazing company called PropperVest. Best company ever. Yeah. Great and business partner, too. Great business partner. <laughs> and that's me. So it is. It is. Brian and I have owned this company together for, I guess, a little over a year. Yeah. We've done a couple of rehabs. I've too. talked about some of them on the show. Um, let's see. We'll go, we're going to go talk about PropperVest more in a little Absolutely. bit here. Absolutely. You're a hilarious Snapchatter. <laughs> very good at that. <laughs> You're very good at Snapchatter. So I'm, I, I used to good. think when I was a new Snapchatter, I used to think you just sent those to me. No. <laughs> I have a feeling you're kind of sending these to other people, too. They go kind of everywhere, and now I have a whole my story thing that you can go on and check out. You have out. the story thing? So I have the story thing. Go. Well, it's the story, and then I forget what the other one's called, where it's my whatever's, where it's on all the time, so you can go by and check them out. I've got a couple new ones on there. They're good. <laughs> what about the ones where you were doing the dating the dating profile things. <laughs> yeah. Is that, are those on there? Uh, those ones are not, but that one was a filter that made me look like a heavy set mid 40s male instead of a heavy set mid 30s male like I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what that did is that opened up the door for me making video dating interviews that I would be sending in to meet potential mates. And uh, that's how that that's how that went. <laughs> OK. Have you ever heard of Nardwar? No. He's this guy. Have you heard of him, Joey? Our producer? Yeah. So Nardwar is this guy who's like super into music and he interviews people and he always brings up stuff from their past that they're like, how do you know that, man? How do you know that? So that, re- that leads me to my next point. Brian here is an author of a book called Kingsley, yeah. a story about a caterpillar. That is correct. Yeah. I have a children's book uh, it's named Kingsley and uh, it's basically for the 12 to 14 age group, kind of that pre- Pre-teen kind of thing or right in there for basically like a purpose and not losing your meaning of life at a young age while you're struggling. And then I actually have another book. That's I didn't know uh, that. another book coming. It's called uh, Gaggy Gator. That is a uh, Gaggy Gator. That's more going to be for your before bedtime little kid book. Different kind of message, more for kids struggling maybe with some sort of disease, something like that, some, some sort of family struggle um, that may seem kind of hopeless and it kind of... The alligator goes through a series of things and yada, 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 and comes up with a cure. So that's going to be a quick bedtime read. Now that I have a three- and four-year-old, you can't be reading Kingsley before you go to bed. That's that's like a 10-minute ordeal, and you don't got that kind of time. You don't have 10 minutes. You don't oh, got 10 minutes. At I, who's got 10 minutes? Get those kids in bed so you after, can go drink a After beer. bath time, you have to clean up so much water, you don't have time for a 10-minute story. So Okay, but all around a good guy, and I missed one. You're a hater of these big real estate education seminars. I am a hater of misleading people in any capacity. But yes, as the as the ebb and flow of the real estate market goes, which now we're in a big upswing again, you'll ne- you'll notice a lot of cowboys coming to town selling their snake oils and <laughs> and real estate uh, programs that you know that. Uh, Ultimately, I, I see day to day, and, and this, you know, when we talked originally, why we opened PropperVest was one of the reasons to help people that are in that spot that have gotten to a point where they can't manage this real estate business or portfolio that they, they got themselves into, and, and that's why we offer those services. So I've kind of always been trying to help people out of that, um, and, and yeah, and, and I think that a lot of those programs can be quite misleading, and if you want to get into the real estate game, I, I advise anyone to do it. It's a fantastic industry. I love it, um, but just... Be cautious, you know, when you come to the becoming a guru of any sort, it's uh, 
takes time and money and patience and there's a lot of aspects to it. So just be cautious of anybody that's going to let you make a ton of money in your spare time using other people's money uh-huh. to quote <laughs> to quote some of the ads I've heard or um, yeah, that kind of thing. It, those are the ones that really, really get me because um, I've seen, I've, I've personally seen a lot of people lose everything over these kind of structures that they that they invest in. I've seen it personally happen. So, and I have too. I've known a couple of people who have gone to one of the, the first ones free kind of mentality, right? Absolutely. Isn't that what the seminars yeah, are? a lot of them. Are, mm-hmm. And then they've gone to that, and they've literally maxed out their credit cards, borrowed money from people, Absolutely. to be able to pay for that next hit, quote yeah. unquote, right? Uh, which I've heard can be anywhere from ten thousand, seventy-five thousand, twenty thousand. I mean, right really, the, honest to God, the sky's the limit on what you're going to pay for the training. I mean, it's ongoing. But the, the bigger thing is too is it's not even that I don't even want to badmouth that the training's actually good. I mean, I've been to so many different companies training and seminars, and the information is good. That's the biggest problem: is the information is good, the structures make sense. But then when you get into it, now you are however many X thousands of dollars into your training. You're so many thousands of dollars into two or three houses that you've bought. And now you have a hiccup, which you've been in the real estate game long enough. I've been in it 10 years. You've been in it 10 years. It's, it's, a, it's a long time. And you see kind of everything. And even now, when we open our business, how many, how many things did I miss on our first flips? I mean, there was things that came up. There was issues that happened that, you know, you don't know. Codes change. Violations right. change. Things change, you know. And if your profit margin is built into your first house at five grand, uh, that goes pretty quick. You know, you, you, don't have a, um, you don't have a big window there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, as a general contractor, too, we help a lot of people. I currently have clients right now that I'm helping out of multiple houses that they bought that they were trying to flip. And one contractor didn't work out, but now they've spent too much. And, and as, a, as a contractor, we're cleaning up a lot of messes, and we've done that for years. And uh, same thing with buying a building that's full, something that you learn in one of those, those classes. You know, hey, I'm buying a building. It's got seven tenants in it. They're all paying. Well, what are the chances are they're all paying? I mean, when you take over that building, maybe they're paying, maybe they're not. People, believe it or not, will fudge paperwork mm-hmm. <laughs> to make money. So now you've got an apartment building that maybe only half people are paying. And now you need construction. You know, Now you need uh, rehabs. You need make readies for these apartments. And you don't have the money budget. There's a lot of ways to to get stuck. You know, And to say that you can somehow safeguard yourself with enough education and have enough depends on what you do. They call it the uh, dream team or they call it the uh, RIA groups or they call it the uh, uh, power teams, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's different names for depending on what training you're in. Um, but the big thing is, is if you think that you're going to set yourself up for a win just by having these people around you, that's not a fair statement. And that's kind of where the training derails. Because even if you have a agent and a landscaper and a car and a carpenter and a general contractor and a plumbing guy and what you have to manage all these people right so once you get yourself in in so deep now you have to manage this this high level i mean of of moving parts this isn't like it's a real estate thing is not oh well you you buy low and you sell high i mean that's how stocks work i mean that's if you've got an e-trade account you can literally buy low sell high you buy real estate low there's a million things you can do with it. And there's also a million pitfalls. So there's not really a A to B strategy. So when you go in with that mindset that I'm going to manage these people, you have to have some pretty exceptional management skills. And with you owning a real estate agency, I mean, you know, again, I mean, how many people, how many hats do you have to wear in a day? Yeah, I mean, it's great. It gives me a lot of exposure to learn about things from other people's mistakes. And, that. and like you say, uh, 
a lot of these seminars, they maybe make it seem like everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, I spent part of my weekend down in the basement of the duplex island with my brother, you know, sweeping up cobwebs. Absolutely. And breathing in dust and stuff, you know. Absolutely. It's not all, it's not all glamour and glorious. Um, this all ties in a little bit to Proper Vest. Let's, we've sort of touched yeah. on it, but let's talk about Proper Vest. So Brian and I own a company called Proper Vest. And other than that, it's owned by two of the best-looking guys in St. Louis. I mean, what just are we... really stellar-looking guys. Just... I mean, honest to God. Right. I mean, I no. mean, if, they, if you had if this was if this was TV, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so what do we want to tell them? We do property management for pretty much any type of property. We do rehabs. We we would. I think what we part of our message is that if someone is considering spending a ton of money on a seminar. We would encourage them to definitely get education, do all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe spend your money on buying a property because Correct. one way or the other, even if you went to the seminar and spent $100,000, you still have to eventually buy a property and learn yeah, all the lessons absolutely. that you're going to learn. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, education is, is wonderful. I, I would never talk uh, against education. I have two college degrees that I don't even use. One's in criminal justice, one's in psychology. So I don't use either one of them. But again, education is important. I mean, I, I value it. So I would never say jump into an industry and don't get the education, you know, don't be silly about it. But, you know, the thing is, is when you, the reason I does, we, you know, I, we originally talked about proper vest was, is we wanted to take somebody from A to B into the finish line without all of the pitfalls or to avoid as many pitfalls as possible. Because even if you do get the training, like you said, and, and that's exactly right, is you still have to buy a property at some time. And that's, in my opinion, where the real education is going to start. Absolutely. Regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, that's just, that's just, that's a personal opinion. Yes, you can learn whatever you want to do. I mean, I could learn how to do surgery out of a million anatomy books. I could watch YouTube videos, transplants, whatever. The first time I cut somebody open and I screw up, like that's, that's sure. panic mode. I mean, you just blow it. You know, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's more where I say I see somebody get into a, into a hard spot is they do, they do the education, they do the training. And they have a almost false sense of confidence that now I'm ready to go do all of this. And they put all of their eggs in one basket because the end game is to fire your boss and to flip your boss off or to do whatever the situation is. That's what you're trying to do. Or it's, hey, I don't even care about that. I like my work, but I just want to have free time for my kids. Mm-hmm. I want to do whatever. Well, now you took all your money out of savings. You dumped into two, three, four properties, whatever it was, because you need to match a certain level of income. To send your kids to school, and you and got burned for whatever reason. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, well, it doesn't so matter. Reasons. Yeah, I mean, thank God. I thank God when I started ten years ago, I bought my first properties when my wife and I didn't have kids. I mean, because the first one didn't go that great. You know, I mean, I, I, I never wanted to be in a situation where I didn't know if a contractor was being honest with me or not. So my first two houses I bought, I rehabbed completely myself. With my father-in-law, when I when I couldn't find a YouTube video that was right. sufficient, I'd bring my father-in-law, who's the jack-of-all-trades guy, knows everything. Um, I brought him in to help me out, but I did those first two rehabs 100% myself so that I could never get burned again. But that took me almost eight months to get a one house done. So you when know? you say never get burned again, it's because you learned, A, how to do things, how much they cost, and Correct. how long they should and take. And how much right? time it should take. And, and I basically created a baseline um, you know, again, I was always trying to build a business at this. So I would, I, and this is the kind of time I'm talking about when you're dedicated to being in a real estate 
industry, this is the kind of stuff you have to do. So I'd sit down and say, this took me four hours. So if I was a skilled person, this should take me two. If the going rate is $22 an hour, this is how much this should cost, plus uh-huh. materials. Because um, otherwise, it would have just been hearsay, you know? And, right. and, and so that's kind of, that was at the start of my contracting business, that was where I, you know, where I was uh, in education level. But, you know, and then our first tenant didn't wind up paying. They, that went up being a whole deal. They went over their lease. They didn't pay. We had to evict. It was a whole thing. Had I had kids or kids in college or some sort of outrageous bills, I mean, it would have been a terrible time in my life. Thank God we were living simply and, you know, I had, uh, I had the time to take that lump, you know. So I always talk about ready, fire, aim. And mm-hmm. we're basically saying that. Buy a property. I mean, if your situation is right and get your money right and all that stuff. But, Correct. Uh, buy a property and that's your fire and then aim and fi- kind of figure it out from there. Absolutely. That's how you're going to be better. And so the next one you do will be even better. That is correct. And that what you're correct. saying is by using proper vest mm-hmm. to assist with buying the property and to assist with rehabbing the property and assist with finding the tenants. If, if it's mm-hmm. going to be a yeah, property, least, yeah, right. mm-hmm. you will educate you along the way. We have yeah. more of a, uh, kind of a importance on making sure we're educating our customer Mm-hmm. Than yeah. maybe a normal customer, a normal company would do. I agree. I agree with that. And yeah. So our clients, at the end of the day, should end up with a great investment that they really understand, and they'll just be that much, I guess, more informed for the next one. Yeah. Well, again, and yeah. So I mean, we, I'm not going to give out client names, but I'm, we have one client in particular that really loves to be involved with the renovation process. That's that's one of his things. Mm-hmm. Likes to be a. That's great. We have another, uh, um, you know, the the woman that we have that does the uh, North County houses. Yeah. She likes to be very involved with the finding of the wholesale deals and that kind of thing. And I don't want people to think that you can't you can make money in real estate a million different ways, and you know that as well as I right. do. But if you want to become a wholesaling expert, like I've, there's two people I know, Alyssa and Gerardo, these, these guys came into the wholesaling deal um, about a year ago, and they have been focused on nothing but that. And they've come up with cool ways to find wholesale deals instead of just the I buy houses, cash signs. They're doing a bunch of other things that are creating a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, whatever, a lot of exposure for themselves, and they're getting a lot of deals. Point is, is that they focused on just that. And that's one super small part of real estate investing. And now they are becoming the wholesale people to call. And that's great for them. But you, you got to know you can't be good at all of that. You know what I'm saying? And so if you want to be involved in one part of it, proper vest is fine with that. If you want to chase around tenants and do the leasing and do the showings and make sure you're getting good tenants, we're, we're cool with that. Whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. whatever part you want to specialize in. But we're just here for the... the practicality of you're not going to be excellent at everything. There's no way, even myself. I mean, you know, you, you've been working with me for a long time now. It's, it's, I'm terrible at negotiating contracts. I cannot come up with a deal. I don't, that's not something I like to do. Right. I will pay sticker price. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so that's why you do all of our contracts. You do all of that. It's not something I'm good at. Um, and I would have to say that the construction part is probably not your forte. So, I mean. I hate it. And you hate it, and you don't even want to hear about it, and you just want to see it when it's done, and that's cool, and I'm fine well, with that. I love having a partner who I know is on top of it, who's interested, who's Correct. following it up, and all that stuff, and it it would make it, you know, kind of honestly working with you makes it intimidating for me to go and do a rehab on my own. Not that I really would have much of a reason to, but because I know that it will be, I will pay a lot more, it'll take a lot longer, mm-hmm. and it probably won't be done as right. Is that if that's the saying? Well, As right if I work right with enough, you, yeah. you know, absolutely, and because you love that part of it, absolutely. And the same thing is, I can go out, I could even find a wholesale deal. But somebody like yourself, who has years of experience in negotiating contracts, and you know those pain points, I've seen you do it. You know the pain points. You know the walk away times, and people come back around and they sell us something, 
six months later that they told us they wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, that's your specialty. Specialty? A speciatel? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) But yeah, but that's that's your thing. And and that's, and you love the hunt. And I wouldn't, so sometimes when we have a a project go over on price, you've negotiated contracts down $20,000, $30,000 sometimes. And thank God you did that. Because if we went over on a project and I would have paid sticker price, that would have been maybe not a good deal. So you got to have, you got to have those areas of expertise. um, And being part of a team, again, a RIA group or any other stuff, that's great. That's fine. But if you're not having some actual help you're paying for or having some help where you have some professionals where you're a part of some sort of a program like ProperVest, you are still managing all those people. You may not be doing the work, but you're still wearing the hat of making sure that person's on time and negotiating deals, contract, mm-hmm. all of that, inspections. I mean, you got to think about inspections. What about, the, what about the time when we had to stage one of our buildings because it wasn't moving and then you brought in your staging company mm-hmm. and it sold right away because... That's something that, again, I didn't do. I don't have necessarily that great of a design eye, but that was something very important, and you knew to do that. But if I was doing this, if I was on some team, I would have to call a staging company. I would have to call those people to do all that. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's good, and, it, and it's nice. You know, I always talk about it's nice just to have someone to high-five, but you're, which is true, but it's I like that you're breaking it down. That In ways, I, I mean, they're kind of obvious, but I hadn't even realized the different sort of things that I specialize in versus what you specialize in. Right. And, and that's what makes it a great partnership. Yeah. Let me take a quick uh, pause because I want to ask you to tell people here how they can get a hold of you if someone wants to get a hold of you for some sure. reason. Yeah. yeah, it's just propervest.com, P-R-O-P-E-R-V-E-S-T.com. Um, that is where we have all of our contact forms and that kind of thing. Uh, if you, and you can tell us what your project is, what your price point is. Um, we generally start our, we, we, well, it's not really even we have a, a real starting price point. You just tell us what your end goals are as far as what you want your monthly income to be. And we'll work out a series of houses or series of two families, four families. We can do apartment complexes. We've kind of done a little of all of it. So whatever you, whatever you, whatever your end goal is, what you want to make monthly, we'll come up with a plan that'll work for you on that, um, based on what you're, what you're wanting to spend. Um, and you can put all of that in the contact us form and, and we can go from there. Um, if you need uh, contracting services, abrents.com. That's just show some of our before and after um, stuff that we do. Um, some of the some of the more severe ones where we took some of the condemned buildings and made them rent ready. Um, we can kind of handle anything either way. Um, but yeah, that that's a way to do it. We're we're located right off of St. Charles Rock Road and seventy. So if you want to come by and meet with us, you absolutely can do that as well. Um, we're open uh, five days a week, so Monday through Friday. So before I forget, so we just got a uh, new property under management recently. It's like something over 30 units. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got under management, send it over to you. And it was interesting me, to me to see when I saw you the other day mm-hmm. to hear about the stuff you're dealing with. Yes. And I guess, you know, we, we deal with all different types of properties and management and owners who are, <laughs> yeah. some are interested. And this one was that. previously managed, which is the funniest thing. Previously managed <laughs> by a really bad manager. Or uh, yes, I, guess I, a few I won't mention any names. Companies. I won't mention yeah. any names. But yes, there was a management company that had, I mean, I, if I had to say drop the ball would be an understatement by far. Because uh-huh. basically what happened was is what the owner was being told was getting paid wasn't, what the services that were being rendered, the trash cleanup, the... Um, maintenance to the building, what he was paying for, all was a farce. He's out of he's out of the state, 
So he's basically getting photos of proper of units that aren't even his. They're getting wow. you know statements of all kinds of different bills for stuff that he has to basically take their word for. Um, and and when we took over, uh, I mean, this was a situation. If I'm being 100 percent honest, I mean, these the people that were in the building weren't even the people that were on the leases. We've got all that straightened out since. But I mean, I had to get ID copies, legal legal leases. We've got we have inspections scheduled to straighten all that stuff out. We have roof issues, electrical. I mean, it, just tons of stuff that we're doing. So there was human feces. In two hallways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not. This is podcast, baby. We're raw. <laughs> I was not going to mention that, but it was in an upper hallway and a lower hallway. So two of the buildings, two buildings, separate buildings, actually had feces in them. Yeah, I want to know who did that. Is it somebody who lives in one of the apartments, or were they squatting? I don't know. Just, Maybe like, it was an angry, was, the old angry management company. <laughs> someone was like taking a jog, and they're like, "That looks like a good bathroom." Oh and my they, god, there's no bathroom in this building. No public access. Fine, hallway's good. There's bed bugs here. There's all sorts of yeah. problems, right? Yeah, there was a lot of issues. Well, some of the issues we've taken care of, and some of them we haven't. We had actually uh, one, an excellent pest control company uh, in the area. They they helped us out a great deal with that uh, knowledge and getting that all squared away. Um, but yeah, we're 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 in about a week and a half in this building, and I can promise you, we did more than the last four or five months worth of management that he mm-hmm. that this uh customer had previously but but again this is a really good this is a really good example i'm glad you brought that up because we had this is not a this is not a new jack buyer this this gentleman owns buildings in kansas city and memphis he owns he owns buildings all all throughout the midwest uh i think this is his fifth or sixth building so this is not a brand new thing that he's doing where he's you know some dumb-dumb that didn't know what he was doing um or inexperienced not even necessarily dumb-dumb it's you know whatever it's he just was being misled. So you have to make sure that when someone says, well, get, get a team and get a whatever together, is it the right team? Do these people care about your building? Does this management company have a really high-end building and then your building and they don't care about yours, they care about the other one and yours, if it brings any money in, great. If it doesn't, oh, who cares, whatever the situation is. You know, I mean, you just gotta, you know, and, and I mean, I, I wanna provide the best customer service across the board all the time. Is there going to be situations where the customer is going to say, hey, this didn't work the way we planned? Yeah, again, it's real estate. And don't even don't even set yourself up that if you have a property management company, you're going to be bringing giant mesh bags with dollar signs on it wherever you go. That's not necessarily the, the case. But mm-hmm. I mean, with something like ProperVest, with the years of experience that I know you and I share combined, and again, having each side of the coins right. in our loving relationship, you know, I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to limit those risks, um, you know, and, you, and you'll, you'll avoid some of the bigger pitfalls. And in the long run, you will have a better investing experience is the way that I, I truly believe that, that overall, you can focus on where you want to buy, what you want to buy. And, and get involved as much as you want. You want to handle one little thing or 10 things, whatever it is, get, be as involved or as little as you want to be. So instead of someone going to a big seminar, I guess I've sort of said this already, but what should they do and where do they start? You know? Well, I mean, if, if you're one of the people that are looking at, and, and this isn't a disrespectful way, but if you're looking at something like an HDTV or um, whatever Bravo. it is, yeah, Bravo. we're watching one of those things, and and you're watching uh, Chip and Joanna flip houses, and right. everything's great. Just just be real with yourself before you get started. So just just know when you're buying foreclosures, when you're buying whatever, this isn't Chip and Joanna giving a young couple their dream house when they have excess money and a ton of budget and everybody's right. happy and so excited. At the end, this is sometimes somebody who lost a house because their job was shut down, and you're cleaning out a house with. 
family pictures and it's not a very pleasant experience. It's actually can be quite sad, but mm-hmm. in the same thing, you might be able to provide a lease option house to somebody who just lost their job and needs to be able to get into something and stay in their same school district with their kids for their kids. You might be able to really help them out. So there is two sides to that, but just don't, don't assume that this is going to be what you as seen on TV, a real estate owned by whoever it was, real estate lost, foreclosures, bankruptcies, whatever. That's, there's real pain involved with that, and there's real struggle involved with that. You're not going to always be dealing with happy buyers, happy sellers. You're going to have angry people. You're, but again, you're going to have happy people too. I don't want to paint a negative picture. It's just you need to figure out what part you want to do, like what, what part is it you want to do. Don't go, just go to a seminar and say, I want to make money in real estate. Figure out what do you like about real estate. Is if it's just money, there's I can be honest. There's a lot easier ways to make money if money's your end game. You know, get a high paying job doing something, or be good at sales, or do whatever. But if you have money and you just want to make more money, it's mm-hmm. not a bad. Like we have no, that client who's whose properties we're managing a few of. Absolutely. And my impression of him is that he kind of wants as little involvement as possible. Absolutely. Right. Just deposit yes. the money in his account every month. Don't and that's me. great for him. That's because excellent. He he had the money. He didn't take some like huge financial risks. Nope. He just bought our finished products. Correct. And uh, I helped him buy something else, another finished product that we're managing. Correct. Yeah. And he he's just collecting money, right? And so Absolutely. that's that's okay too. That's that's a fine thing. But that's yeah. not. You're saying more people find what you like about it. It's like yeah. Find what you like about it. Flipping houses and all that kind of stuff. Right. right? Don't. Yeah. Don't, I'm saying don't look at the Hollywood version of real estate and then join a seminar, assuming that Hollywood version of real estate is what you're going to be getting because it, it won't, most likely won't be. But if you but if you're interested in real estate, again, I don't want to paint a doom and gloom picture either because it is a fantastic industry with a million moving parts. And whatever your skill set is, you could be great at something in real estate. You know, there's, there could be something that, that you can contribute depending on what your skill set is. But don't assume that you're going to build a flipping business and become a real estate guru. I don't care how many weekend classes you go to. You do have to just put in the work, put in the time. It will cost you money. You will get hit in the mouth. It's, it's going to happen and just be prepared for that and build it over time. If that's what you want to do, do it or, or have a management company. If you want to be involved in real estate at a minimal capacity and still make good money and still be a part of the game, then have someone do it for you. If you, you know, you don't, if you don't want to dedicate your life to it. Right. Okay. And so um, I know that a lot of times people have to get burned to learn their lesson, mm-hmm. or at least maybe that's me. I call it failing forward. Absolutely. Right? And so I, I know from watching those shows, mm-hmm. you know, with Flip That House and all that stuff, those guys used to make, it showed one time, I think, it showed them requiring their contractor to sign this contract that essentially said, if you get the job done, here's what we'll pay you. Mm-hmm. But if it goes over... Mm-hmm. then we're going to pay you less. Mm-hmm. And if it goes over even more, we're going to pay you even less, mm-hmm. right? And so I kind of knew in my head, like, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. But then when I was rehabbing the house that I live in and the plumber shows up, who was referred to me by mm-hmm. Ted or whoever, and he's kind of like, here's the price. For some reason, I didn't have the guts at that point to say, great, here's my contract that mm-hmm. says, yeah. if you go over, I'll, I'll pay you less mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I didn't have mm-hmm. him sign that contract. And then he did go over mm-hmm. yeah. by two or three weeks, mm-hmm. which caused problems for me in a, in a uh, slow down the, when we could move into the house, right? Correct. Yeah. But so I did a rehab recently, and we did add that kind mm-hmm. of language into the into the rehab. Absolutely. And uh, the guy did go over by like 30 days, mm-hmm. and he had all these excuses. And so we were able to discount what we paid him because we used that contract, even though it was harder to do. But Correct. anyway, my, I guess my point is, it's along the same lines of you can go to the seminar and that's great. Mm-hmm. You can read all the books right. and that's great. But you have to do it 
to kind of learn about it like mm-hmm. I did. I got burned a little bit, and now I really see the value in what I was quote unquote taught by Correct. watching that show. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and again, but when you're in the business all day, every day, that's when you're going to take a lot away. And then you're going to watch real estate shows on the weekend. Like I do. And you're going to watch this old house episodes and you're going to be, if real estate's in your blood and that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to learn because that's the field you want to be in. If your field was agriculture, you're going to be farming all day and then you're going to be going to farming things at the end of the week and you're going to learn new stuff there. Right. And, I mean, cause that's where your passion is. So that's, that's where I really want to caution. So it does, it echoes kind of what I was saying earlier is, don't do this because you want to make money. Don't make that your only goal. I'm going to have free time and I'm going to have money because you're not going to have either. It's not going to be tons of free time. You're not going to have tons of cash. At least in the beginning, it's just not going to happen. Um, and that's that's not being a Debbie Downer. That's a that's an absolute just uh, – I've seen it happen a million times. I know you have as well. So, you know, I'm not just – you know, being negative, that's, that's it. So just be cautious. And if you want to jump in and you have the resources and you're excited about it, then by all means, sit down with me, sit down with Adam. We'll tell you any free information you possibly could imagine about anything. Because I mean, I know when we, we and you first met, we sat down and just shared ideas, I think for the first three or four meetups mm-hmm. at that same bread co. <laughs> Starbucks. Our, Starbucks. That's right. We Starbucks. That's right. Starbucks. That's right. Because they didn't have soda. Mm-hmm. And I was mad about Because <laughs> I don't drink coffee. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, that was the thing. I mean, we just shared ideas for the first, you know, if you're in real estate, you like talking about real estate like myself, like Adam, then, I mean, it's just a situation where get some information. Find out what exactly you want to do. Um, but just don't don't hit the ground running with a with a fictitious picture in your head. Okay, well, so I have a few more questions for you. Right I noticed that you of our first this is our thirty second episode, but you're our first guest that appears to have brought his own notes. <laughs> so is there anything you want to talk about before I keep going here? No, I think you you say every one of my meetings we've had, I've always have an agenda and notes and whatever. Yeah. You so. said an agenda for my podcast. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I brought remember when I brought my flow chart to our first meeting. I was showing yeah. you <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Okay, so just just I guess really one other thing I wanted to ask you about is you you were the first one to tell me about these lockboxes mm-hmm. that I guess you don't have to have a leasing agent with you or an agent with you to get yeah, into them. You don't have. Are to. you using those? What's the deal with those? Um, I di- I did. I use them on um, certain properties. Other properties I don't. Um, it just depends on what area you're in. Um, if some area maybe has younger kids and they're more tech savvy, it seems to work a lot better. If you're in areas that might have more middle-aged or older residents, it seems to be a disaster. Um, either way, having an agent there uh, is, is always a positive thing. But on if you want to maximize the amount of showings you can have, since leasing agency was the first company I ever owned, we had leasing services. That was the first um, you know real estate business that I actually started. And so over the years, you find ways to maximize your showings. So that was something that a company offers we use even with our uh, proper vest. So if you want that service, people can come in, let themselves in on their own, and then the lockbox indicates whether they have put the key back in it, uh, yada, yada, yada situation. That way you can do evening and weekend showings. Um, again, I wouldn't do that in an area where you could have the potential of uh, vandalization or something like that. Not that any areas vandalize vandalization proof. That's not right. a word, but either way, um, not that you know that you have that, but or an area where you're going to have people that are lower tech and don't understand it because you're going to get a lot of calls. You have to wind up showing up anyways. So it works good on buildings that have a lot of college kids in it. Um, younger folks, we, we had a lot of success there. Um, in some of the areas, uh, we did not. So. Okay, so Brian, you are this kind of super motivated, high energy guy. Very much, yeah. Um, do you have set goals that you're working towards? Or are you just trying to stay busy and make money for your family while helping people achieve their real estate goals? Or like, what, you know, uh, 
what motivates you and do you have a sort of a goal that you're working towards? Yeah. So, um, kind of, a. I, I've been always into like the like guess self help kind of stuff too, where you always are trying to strive for better and making sure you're bettering yourself. So yeah, that's that's why I have so many irons in the fire. That's why I have another book that I'm doing, and we have a nonprofit that I own and run, and then I have the construction and the, and the property management. But you're the same way. I mean, you've got a million events and a million things you do. Um, there's just that kind of person. You have to have that kind of energy level, I think, to run a business. Um, I don't think that you can take a lot of breaks. There's not a lot of time off. Um, so that's just kind of more my personality anyways. Um, but I found through all of the personal reflection, I guess. And again, like I said, I have my psychology degree, uh, bachelor's. So I'm, it kind of did some reflection during that period of time too. So I just like fixing things. I'm more of a fixer. So even when I chose the field of psychology originally i wanted to fix people that had problems that they couldn't handle and then when i got into real estate i wanted to you know fix all of these bad neighborhoods and fix all these broken homes and so that was my motivation and like even with the books that also reflects that you know i want to i want to fix somebody who's got a negative outlook or you know maybe they'll read a book and it'll fix some sort of hole they have in their life that you know whatever so basically everything that we that i do is i like fixing broken things i guess is how i would say that Mm -hmm. so my wife and i have a antique booth and we take all the old junk we find in these houses and repurpose it so it's just kind of a mindset i guess i've never really been money motivated but i've been fix it motivated and that led to money if love that it makes sense i learned more about you today i have to hear about your um nonprofit and yeah. your antique booth some yeah. other time i guess absolutely yeah so uh, i want to say if anyone's listening and they are a wholesaler or they have a property to sell or they need advice to i mean we we talked a lot about if someone wants to get into real estate yes right? yeah but if you're listening and you you know you just inherited a property or mm-hmm. your house hell it just burned down yeah. right we'd be interested in you calling us so that we can purchase the property from you yeah, I mean, I want to be part. Of, I want to be part of someone's diversification. Is really, really, truly, what I want to be. That's what I mean. I mean, you talked about originally. Like, I don't want everybody to have their money in stocks. I actually know people who lost more money in stocks than people did in real estate, mm-hmm. even during the real estate crash. Right. I know people that bought real estate correctly, and they did fine during the crash, and people lost everything in the stock market. So, if you have all of your Easter eggs in one basket, and you bought enough for all the kids. Right. <laughs> like yeah. like Adam did not earlier. No, but uh, yeah. So if you have all your eggs in one basket, I would highly recommend that you think about calling someone like Proper Vest and see if you can put some of that into a tangible investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, don't be afraid that the real estate real estate market crashed. Everything has ups and downs. Um, and if you do it in a strategic way. You don't lose everything. You know what I'm saying? The, right. You know, I mean, it does if you if you buy correctly and you're not overextended. I mean, there's 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 strategies to that. And unfortunately, a lot of people did very poor strategies before 2006 and seven before the crash. Those strategies were not very good, and a lot of people were overextended when the when the hit happened. Yeah, it's good to buy a property with a backup plan, like Absolutely. the one we just did on Wise, where if for God's whatever reason if we couldn't have sold it, yeah. we could have always rented it. Absolutely. And. And we would have been making money. And we would have, and, it would have paid for itself. It would have been cash flowing, yes. Right. And so instead of buying a property that you have to sell it or else mm-hmm. you're screwed kind of thing. Correct. Yep. Okay. Anything else you want to say before I jump into my five questions? No. Give me five questions. I'm ready for it. And that's it? All yeah. right. Yeah, we're good. So who lives under your roof? Everybody's name. 
<laughs> my wife, my two kids. Uh, just, yeah, my wife, my two kids. I got a four-year-old and a three-year-old, a uh, boy and a girl, boy's oldest. They're both fantastic. My lovely wife, um, she's uh, super supportive and has been through all of uh, all of the uh, crazy adventures I've had. We got a dog, an English Mastiff named Eric That's James. That's a big dog? Yeah. It's, it's, he's and he has two names. 195 pounds. His, his full name is Senator Eric James of New England. That's his that's his full name on his on oh his registration gosh. papers. Yeah, he he's, he's the uh, senator of all the New England states, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty big job, but he's a big dog. He weighs 195 pounds. pounds. Yeah. Is he sleeping in bed? No, 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 no. Okay. He, he's, not, he's barred. He's barred from the bedroom. And then we have a corn snake, uh, and then we have a uh, parakeet. Okay. That is everybody that lives there. Okay, and where are you your best? Where am I my best? Um, I am pretty good in social situations i i like i like having hanging out with friends joking that kind of thing i'm, I'm probably the best at that professionally i'm awesome at fixing broken things <laughs> okay uh all right so do you have a favorite blog or podcast well my actual blog i guess you could call it a blog i am a chiver i don't know if any your listeners know what yeah. that is but the chive.com chive is, on. i mean chive on for sure I've, I've been in that forever in fact my wife and i are on one of the daily awesome randomness blog posts they have from years ago we had a, a series of lemurs standing on us and i was wearing my chive shirt but yeah i i frequent that blog more than i should okay. <laughs> but it's a fantastic one do you go there on your website or on the computer or on your phone? Uh, well, the phone app is not the best, so I usually do the computer. Yeah. Okay, okay. See, to me, the computer has way too many ads and stuff. All it has so it. many ads, but that app is always crashing, man. It does. If crash. you're a child, it, it loads, it crashes, and then you have to reload it, and it works. Exactly. It's so dumb, though, but I hate having to go back in. They kind of got rid of the DAR. They did. What's up with that? I don't know. It seems they, like John is not just running the show anymore. He's probably they actually. The problem is, is that sometimes they get too heavy on like just the posting girls posts instead of the interesting stuff. You uh-huh. know, I mean, it's it's you know some they used to have like way more interesting stuff, and then then for a while there it was just like basically posts of girls or posts of charity events, and that was the only mm-hmm. two things that were on there. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe we need to have him in and ask him what his deal. Yeah, is. Joey, if you can make that happen. Joey, yeah, call me. The guys from the tribe. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, Maybe this you just answered this, but what's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is, uh, let's see, I like Big Bang Theory. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure or not. I it watch, should be. I watch yeah. a lot of that. And I watch, you know what else I watch? It, this, that's, this is a guilty pleasure. I watch a lot of Roseanne. Oh <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not a kid. When I was a kid, like, I thought that was, like, the coolest family to, like, be in, like, if you could be a part of that. So really? I, I watch a tremendous amount of reruns of Roseanne. I know all of them. I know all the episodes. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no comment about right. that. So. <laughs> Sounds great. Who is your mentor and how have you thanked them? My personal mentor. Um, I actually was a huge Tony Robbins fan. Not maybe necessarily someone that I could thank necessarily, but... Um, when I had gotten off track a couple times in my life, I actually wound up referencing that type of program, but, but Tony Robbins helped me a lot with a lot of stuff when I was off track, kind of setting goals and setting achievable goals and changing mindsets and that kind of thing. Um, not giving yourself excuses, that kind of thing. Um, that was a big deal for me for a while. And then, you know, when you're in that space and you're learning and doing the self-improvement stuff, you, you find a lot of other, um, you know, folks like that, that can help you with stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that kind of thing. I mean, that was um, just it was it was crazy because when I was you know growing up, our our household had a lot of um, 
just kind of just anxieties about like, oh, this happened because that's just what happens and bad things just happen and things, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and there was a lot of that. Um, and as I got older, I, that was a mindset I had to break. So I went uh, to kind of the no excuses route of life and uh, started really delving into those kind of things. And, and it really does. It changes your trajectory. It really does. Thank you for sharing that. I love Tony Robbins too. Oh, do you? I, I love to uh, I like be walking my dog or something and listen Absolutely. to Tony Robbins. You know, it, Absolutely. it makes it a lot easier to walk a whole lot farther. It is that it, much, you know. And then I come come into the house. It's like, honey, how's your walk? And I'm like, get out of my way. Exactly. <laughs> like, but the thing, I yeah. need my laptop. I got so much work to do with Absolutely. all these ideas I just had. And you do, and that's great. And and, and the same thing happened to me. And and, and being, being married, you know, as as well. I'm sure your wife gets that. Is you know, you don't allow, you don't even allow your wife to give you excuses after a while. Mm-hmm. Like if your wife starts coddling you or licking your wounds when you, you know, got, you're just like, don't do that. Like, I don't need that. Like, you know, you, it's, it's, you have to have that mindset of just, I can, I can self-improve. I can make it through this, you know, that kind of thing. And, and my wife sometimes gets irritated. She's like, just let stuff be bad every now and again. It's like, no, it can be fixed. But you got to always be self-improving if you're going to move, move forward. Check out the podcast we did a few episodes ago where sure. I interviewed Joe Rossi. Her company's called Xbility. Okay. She's kind of like a local Tony Robbins sort nice. of. Nice. And, uh, and then also check out, did you know Tony Robbins has a special on Netflix? It was like a one hour. I did. Hour I'm so. not your guru. You yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's watch it twice now. Yeah, I'm not Love your it. guru. Yeah. And, and, and it was actually, that's funny you said that because my wife knows I've been a Tony fan forever. So when the I'm not your guru came on, I had her watch it with me and she goes, oh my God. She's like, I see where this stuff comes yeah. from now. She's like, you've been doing this for so long. And it really doesn't matter. I mean, now that I've done so much of this, you can, you can see, look at anybody in that vein. They're going to teach you some of the same tactics and sure. some of the same things. It all kind of comes from the it, same it, place. It does. It all comes from the same source of self-empowerment and no excuses and getting things done and working hard. Um, you know, and that's kind of what I said earlier in the, in the podcast. And it's, it's a way that I truly feel is that nothing is going to come easy without hard work and, and sometimes money or sometimes both. Sometimes you need a lot of money or, and hard work or just one or the other. But um, you, you, the hard work is always there. It's always well, going to be there. This is not one of my normal questions, but I feel like I, I want to ask you this. Sure. Um, with that kind of positive attitude and the no excuses and all that, that you yeah. have, how do you deal with someone who's in your life that is that is the opposite of that, that is negative and is always making excuses and is always just... I have, I have friends and family members, and which is sad to say, some family members that I don't interact with in any capacity like I used to over the years. Um it's it's no tough hard-nosed approach it's just a matter of after time of saying hey i don't want to talk about this i don't want to go down this path i don't right. want to i don't want to walk this walk again i don't want to hold mm-hmm. this negative hand i don't want to do any of this you know it's not what i'm about don't do it don't blame me don't guilt me don't do this and that you you give you give fair warning and then eventually you just sort of drift away it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a hard line in the sand of i'll never talk to you again it doesn't have to be like that it's just a matter of just Choose who you spend your time with. Choose to be around those positive people, the people that are genuinely there to help you. Know when to call it quits on, on that kind of thing. Know when to shut somebody off. But again, gradually just make any pro- – and being a Tony fan, you know. Just make any step in the right direction because Tony and people like him always talk about trajectory. If you change your trajectory one degree, your ending point is completely different. So right. you don't need to cut off every friend because I've had people do that too. I'm not going to talk to this guy. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to lose weight. And I'm going right. to lift weights and I'm going to start a new business. And then you just crash and burn because it's just a silly. It's, a, it's there's no real game plan there. But yeah, I mean, just over the years, I've just I've kind of weeded out the negative people out of my life, and uh, sometimes it's hard, and they hate you for it. But 
Again, would you rather keep a negative person in your life that is happy with you or have a negative person out of your life that's mad at you? I mean, I would always choose the latter. Mm-hmm. But it is a hard transition. I don't want to make it sound easy either. It's, it, it's, it's rough to do, but, but do it. Sure. Okay, great. So, propervest.com. Uh, propervest.com. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. What's, can they, uh, how can they Snapchat you? Just oh, your name? I, th- I think I'm under Senator Eric James. We got the dogs. <laughs> I don't even know. The whole thing. I'll pull it up real quick. Snapchat name is Senator Eric Jame, J-A-M-E. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So thanks, everyone, again for listening.